welcome to Peace Sight, the podcast of the 2018 Commonwealth Cadet and Junior Fencing Championships here in sunny Newcastle. I'm Sean Walton. And I'm Karen Bashir. And, well, I was going to say here we are again, but uh, I have fessed <laughs> up my technological incompetence yesterday, which meant that you, our devoted listeners, uh, only got me, which was um, not at all what I had planned, which is a shame because uh, our chat was really interesting and the interview that I lost was really good. But we're here now. And, uh, yeah, day two of Cadet Action. Um, yeah. Another, another great set of finals, to be honest. Really good. Really good. Really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it, it, I think that uh, the, the level and the quality of their fencing we've seen so far has been really high. And it's and it's really good to see the maturity of some of the athletes as well. Yeah, incredible. I mean, we've got, got the juniors coming later on, you know, the under-20s. But these guys are, well, at the very, very oldest 17. And I've been really impressed with the sort of peace smartness of their, their fencing and really just how, how well put together they are as, as athletes. It's, uh, yeah. it's been great. And the mental process, I think, that some of them are going through now. You know, it was it was a thing of imagination when I was, yeah. when I was <laughs> yeah. their age. Yeah, me, me too. I mean, I, I'm certain I had uh, nothing like that level of technical competence, but I mean, far more worryingly, the level of tactical awareness that they've shown um, across the weapons has been really impressive. And the, that means that the future is really bright for fencing because we look at the top athletes right now and they sort of uh, were definitely a couple of steps ahead of us when mm. we were fencing in terms of that psychology and how they look at nutrition and all that kind of stuff. This next group, this next cohort of athletes coming through are even further ahead. And it's that just means that fencing in five, six, seven, ten years time is going to be of the top order. Yep. Good stuff from, uh, good stuff from, stuff from our, our Commonwealth Cadets, so let's, let's turn to the action. Um, the, the first lot of finals, well, we were a bit smarter in our, uh, our commentary duties today and that we, we split our semi-final viewing, um, across the two pieces so that we, uh, we each had a, a fight to, to watch and get to, get to know the fencers and, uh, to be able to offer some comment on what they did and what they looked like and what we, what we liked about them. Um, Cadet Women's Foil. Yeah, I watched uh, the semi-final between Tianji Lukins and her Australian teammate Georgia Salmas. Uh, it was a really interesting fight because at the beginning Salmas was just all over her. Really, like the movement looked better, the the decision making was better, the uh, the positioning on the piece was better, and the variety was better. Uh, and she went sort of seven four up, and she was in really strong position, looked really good. And to be honest with you, Lukins didn't look like she was doing anything and I don't mean to be you know disrespectful but mm. it almost looked like she was a bunny in headlights she wasn't really doing she was counter-attacking and just didn't look that great but out of nowhere she found something and got the distance right she was doing a lot of closing counter-attack which you do see a lot in in women's foil and uh, she went 13-12 up for the very first time she went ahead in the match yeah. right P- at the picture, crucial picture moment to get the lead yeah and, you know and that is it's so important in this sport and a lot of people might not get the relevance of just staying in there hanging in there perhaps when you're not fencing that great yeah Hanging in there is important because when it comes down to it, uh, Tianji Lukins did the, you know, did a number on her, uh, <laughs> and um, and she beat her teammate uh, Salmas uh, fifteen thirteen, I think it was in the end, yeah, uh, fifteen twelve. Sorry, uh, she she was slow and patient, uh, and I mentioned that because of the final. Yeah. She was slow and patient, but I think that this uh, Australia versus Australia thing probably had a little bit. Yeah, it's always a bit of a concern when you get to. 
to two teammates fencing each other that it's not always going to be a, a great fight to watch and you're not going to see the best of the, the two fencers involved. And it certainly wasn't. I mean, I think maybe we did see the best from uh, Georgia Salmas. We'll never know. Mm-hmm. She looked the better fencer. Yeah. And so it seems strange that she didn't make it through, but she didn't. And uh, Lukens uh, did the job at the right time. Yeah, managed to tough out the win. I, I was on the other piece and, and picked up the fight between the New Zealander uh, Lena Jacob fencing against uh, Crystal Jessup of Australia. And so, you know, uh, Southern Hemisphere dominated women's foil event. And this one, uh, Lena Jacob, uh, looked absolutely fantastic. I was, you know, totally, totally won over with her, with her fencing. She charged it to a big lead, went eight nothing up, uh, totally in control of things. Um, Jessica got going a little bit when, you know, the damage was already done, uh, but it, it did finish up with a, a very comfortable 15-6 win. And I was, I was totally impressed with Lena Jacob and thought, you know, surely, surely that's got to be a winner. Well, when we talked, when we talked before the finals, mm. we did say, I mean, we, and we can share this on the podcast because we didn't talk about it no. live on air so much. But I said to you, well, if that's the case, I think the New Zealand is going to take this one because I didn't really see enough from uh, from the Australian uh, Lukens in that first semi-final. So yeah. it was interesting. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, from what you, you gave that same sort of description that she'd kind of kind of scrapped her way to, to win in the semi-final, whereas uh, Jacob looked, looked great, <laughs> great in her one. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's going to be a winner, surely, which uh, shows that I know absolutely nothing at all. Well, both of us know nothing. So when it came to the final, the, the, the Australian bossed it from start to finish, really, uh, I mean, hit, hit with really nice stuff, which you you didn't seem entirely prefer oh. preferably. You didn't sound like you'd uh, you'd seen any of that. At all no, I didn't. It's a different fencer, different yeah. fencer completely. I mean, some beautiful indirect reports. Yes, compound beat attacks. Yes, and really nicely timed, great control of distance, good acceleration, and it was like, yeah. Were you actually talking about the same fencer that I'm, I'm I, seeing here? I don't think I was. I, even now, <laughs> I, I know. I know it was. I mean, she took a mask off and she looked the same, but. Counterattacks all the way through the semi-finals, and mm. then really early on in the final, she did a a, par- a one-two repost, and I yeah. went, "Where did that come from?" You haven't seen one of those from her. Yeah. So she yeah. was she was really good, the Aussie in that match, and like you say, she bossed it from the start, and she looked she looked the real deal. She yeah, really she special. Did. She did. Yeah, I mean, having had, I, I don't know why I feel particularly uh, quite so attached to, to to Lena Jacob, but yeah, I was so impressed with her in the semi-final. That, you know, I felt I saw a slight. That was a disappointment that she didn't she didn't produce something similar or, or wasn't allowed to produce something similar in the final. Yeah, but it's not, it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes when you see when you I mean we're analysing we've we've been here for a long time today. We've seen a little bit of fencing, but of course we're yeah. getting ourselves ready for broadcast and you're doing interviews and I'm trying to get their live stream sorted out and all yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> all those and it, joys. It, so yeah, so we but we did get to see a little bit more than perhaps we did yesterday. And yeah. uh, I think what struck me at the end of the women's final was that. Little, little gem of knowledge I put into the, the commentary about the fact that, uh, Tianji Lukens actually fences in San Francisco with yeah. Greg Macialis. And you said, as soon as I said that, you could see the Macialis style. Yeah, uh, definitely. There was a sort of play position in the attack, uh, the way the, the way, the way, the way the blade moves as the, as the fencer moves forward and, uh, the way the, the attack's delivered at the finish. Compound repost. Compound repost. Compound repost. You don't yeah. see that so much in foil these days, but Greg Massialis, the coach at uh, Massialis Foundation, he loves a cart one, two repost. Yeah. He loves it. He, and a lot of his fences do it. Yeah. The, the attack with the dog leash, as Alex Massialis calls it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's certainly in there. And I think that, uh, the other part of the Massialis uh, setup is the, 
mental rigidity they have. Mm-hmm. So Lukin's battled her way through the semis. Yeah. She was class act in the final. Yeah, a good 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 final. Second event of of the day in the final session, time for some uh, cadet men's epi. And again, we, we split our, our semi-final viewing. Um, I got the much more easily pronounceable uh, Riley Jeanne of Canada against England's Ben Andrews. And I've not, I've not seen Ben Andrews fence for a while, probably the best part of a year. Uh, and I've forgotten how nicely varied his fencing is. He, he, he really hit with pretty much everything you could ask for in, in the semi-final. Nice long attacks, good, good parrier post, and stop hits, counter-attacks, and yeah, looked, looked very much the, the complete package and came out with a, a pretty comfortable win. Uh, he looked to, he looked to control things all the way through. Big and unit as well, and he moves yeah, really yeah, big, he well. Yeah, moves well for a, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how tall he'd be, but 6'4". Well, yeah, I'd, maybe I'd, in more. I couldn't crane my neck at yes. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it looked, looked really impressive, and I, I thought this this will be interesting because I could hear the noise of the other semi final, which yeah. you're about to to talk about, and I, you know my eyes my kind of drawn to it as a result, and uh, yeah, a contrasting fencer emerging from the other the other semi final. Yeah, um, India featuring, and that's great. We talked about the, the the depth of the countries here and the skill level uh, across all those countries, and. Uh, I'll go for the, the, the hard name first. Uh, well Luke, done, yeah. I mean, yeah. thank you for taking that on. Yeah. Well, uh, Luke Mason, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. the English fencer. Well done. Um, he took on uh, Shirjan Ranjadran Shantamol of India. And uh, we decided that we would give him uh, the name Shantamol uh, in the commentary. And I think we should uh, stick with that. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I'm going to struggle otherwise. <laughs> yeah, but he... he uh, Lukens look great in the women's world, but... She looked like a junior fencer still. There's yeah. still a lot more to come in, in terms of development. And I'm sure there is from Chantemol, mm-hmm. but he's one or two steps. He's starting from a higher, from a higher base, isn't it? He's really, really good. I mean, he was, he was a bit one dimensional mm-hmm. in the semi final, but to be fair to him, uh, and again, I don't want to be criti- critical of uh, Luke Mason, but Mason couldn't cope with the, the change of distance that uh, Chantemol was putting on the, on the piste. And I think out of the 15 hits he scored in a 15-5 victory, the Indian won yeah. 15-5, I think 14 of them were not just flashes, but they were flashes to exactly the same spot, the, yeah. the leading short, uh, sword arm shoulder. And I started to wonder why Luke wasn't adapting to that. The movement from this Indian guy is incredible and he just sets up both attacks. I don't want, I don't really want to call them attacks into preparation because I think Luke was actually attacking. So they, they, they become counterattacks really. Yeah. But also he was doing it from paraposts. And I think to be able to change direction, you know, to take a blade, to step back and then launch into a flesh with the speed he does as a 15, 16 year old. Yeah, 15 years old. Just incredible. Yeah. And it, yeah, 15 five in the semi final. It was one way traffic. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you say, oh, well, you know, there only seems to be one hit, but when, when it keeps hitting, why change? Yeah, 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 no, and, 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 and yeah, it was, uh, he didn't need to, and, and he got through exceptionally comfortably. Yeah, and the Indian team crowd supporters making a huge amount of noise, which was, uh, which was great, you know, it really brought a, a much noisier, fresher atmosphere to the, to the venue than we had in the first day. And the, the cultural diversity of the Commonwealth, uh, you know, played out in front of us today. It was really good and, you know, hats off to them. They, they, that's what they do at home. And that's, yes. they, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, and he did, it was really good, really good, really good atmosphere. And I'm half Indian, so there's a little bit of, you know, you know uh, okay, bias so you have a, in there. So, so yeah. Welsh fencers, 
are going to get a, you know a favourable view from you Indian fencers. See, I'm, I'm stuck with just being Scottish. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's tricky here now. The Indians are starting to produce uh, medalists at this level. No, they're, 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 I think they just bring a little bit of a fun element to it yeah. in the crowd. They're, they're not, you know, we talked about the maturity, and of course, you know, we're talking about a fencer here that for me was, you know, it so far been one of the fencers of the tournament. Mm. Uh, they. They enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So there is a there is a proper joy about the about the whole experience. Yeah, yeah. it was great. So on to our final. Um, yeah. One big tall lefty in Ben Andrews against uh, our swore super mobile Indian Shantamal. It was a really interesting final because the because the semi final with Shantamal was so one dimensional. I think that my my level of uh, the level of how impressed I was with his fencing really just went through the roof in the mm-hmm. final because Shantamal put on a slightly different display. But was exceptional. Yeah, much more variety to it than uh, I, mean, I suppose that was the worry that well, a one-trick pony very successful in, in one match, but with the, the sort of extra variety that Ben Andrews was potentially going to provide, that perhaps the concern was that his one trick wouldn't be enough, and it turns out he had quite a few others as well. And the biggest trick he's got is his feet. Yeah, I mean his feet just set everything up. And when we talk, he fences at senior level in in India, and I think that that's probably because of the nature of the the, the number of fences there that, mm-hmm. that you do enter into senior tournaments a lot a lot younger, uh, maybe across the board. But he is the footwork is is way beyond his years. Yes. It's way beyond his years, and I'm talking about at world level. I thought he was a really brilliant mover, and it's not just that he's good and sharp at moving and changing direction, but he's got control of the distance because you see lots of kids running up and down going fast yes but he's in control of what he's yeah, doing it's happening for, a, happening for a reason and recognises times when it's critical distance and the, the flesh is on or he comes into distance it's going to provoke a, a reaction from the opponent yeah and but to be fair uh, the British the English answer Ben Andrews did pull it back together uh, he was struggling a little bit early on and got back I'm not quite sure if it was level at the break but uh, I think he was still a couple of hits down as far as I can remember yeah. but yeah what he did do was stretch the distance a little bit and then moved it around so there wasn't a constant distance so it made it much harder for uh, Chantemal to pick the moment to, to go for the flesh and it, it made Ben Andrews attacks more effective as well yeah. because uh, you, know, you couldn't Chantemal couldn't get a fix on them uh, he took control of the, where the fight was happening yeah. and what the distance was between them and in some you know sometimes when we're talking about fencing we go well he needs the break the break needs to come now or, or you know the break came at the wrong time I think actually for Andrews it it possibly if the break was another 30 seconds or even a minute after it was I think Andrews would have got right back into it and perhaps into the lead which then made the the break itself very interesting because the coach from India was in constant dialogue. Yeah, he with was pretty athlete. animated, wasn't That's he? That's Darminder Singh, and I think he played a big part in the outcome of the fight in the end. Yeah, I think you're right because uh, uh, Shatmal was right back in the case, but with a, a, a new approach to it as well. That was the thing; it was a change of tactics, yeah. wasn't it? He started to push much. It was much more intense. It was intense right the way through, but there was much more intensity in terms of the distance. The distance was closed up. He didn't allow it to get opened up. For, yeah, he was no longer just drifting into the distance. He he would jump in, and that would provoke the reaction. The yeah. extension would come out, and I think in the second second period he hit with. <laughs> not absolutely sure about this, but three successive bounce into distance, draw the extension from Andrews, pick it up, pick it up an octave and hit. Yeah, and there were certainly a f- there were certainly a few in the fight, and uh, yeah. and it was that. That change of tactics at that break that, again, was another indication of just how good an all-round fence he's got. He's got the feet. 
Yeah. We've talked about that. And, it, you know, go back and have a look at the fight. It was great. It was unbelievable. He's got the execution with the hand. Clearly got nice accuracy as well, hitting uh, on the sword arm, leg, and up, up through the body as well. Like, clearly got the flesh from the semi-final. Yeah, definitely. But another key ingredient is listening to your coach's advice. And he did that as well. Yeah, good good fencers are coachable fencers. There's, there's no doubt about it. He, he was, And I don't want to spoil the last fight, but he was my man of the day. Right. Or my fencer of the day. He was... He was uh, and that's not my natural you know, sort of heritage bias or anything. He uh, he was the best fencer there today, I thought. Yeah, no, I think you're... Yeah, you're probably right, actually. I I was prepared to make a case for, for the men's Sabre final, but yeah, now that I've had a little bit more time to think about it, you, you probably are right, Shadmore, the, the, the man of the day. And in the end, uh, yeah, what a comfortable victory. It was going there in 15, 9 or 10? I think it was 9, yeah, 15, 9 in the end. But, but Andrew's... You know, there are two fences there, and and he did show signs of on his own. So without exactly, coaching, yeah, make, being make, able to change, things. he was able to make adjustments. Yeah. and the fact that uh, Shantamal and his coach were able to come up with an answer that with to that was, uh, I mean, no, no no sort of poor reflection in Ben Andrews. He he no. made a smart switch and he'd done it on his own as well. He did, yeah. And the then the change, that, uh, the break came at the wrong time for Andrews in that fight. Um, how much of a part that played in it, I don't know, but certainly Shantamal came you, you out. You can see the difference after the break, certainly, yeah. and the. Shatamal's approach to the fight so yeah I think uh, I think you're right perhaps the fight had just run on Ben Andrews might have I think he would have got back into it, it. Yeah. I think he would have got back into it and when the break came he would have been perhaps a little bit closer or, or maybe a, a hit or two ahead yeah. and then um, I think it was Pete Barrett wasn't it that was, um, it was, was yes. coaching him on the sidelines so, you know you, <laughs> if you want a man in your box Pete Barrett in yeah, Epe is, choice, is a yeah. very very good option uh, and I think it probably would have been a different set of instructions you know when you're when you're level in epa it's very different to being even one hit behind yeah and so yeah difficult difficult one to call but in terms of the quality of the fencing chantamal was superb you're absolutely right so on to our uh, last event of the day uh with the with the cadet men's saber and again splitting our semi-final watching duties yeah i watched uh sam bourne Another English fencer up against um, another Indian fencer, Abe Krishna Shindi. This one was a difficult one, actually. They were quite close in the first period. Uh, Shindi went down with an ankle injury. He went down, I think it was about 6'4", 6'3", yeah. maybe. Right. I did have a look across when the, you know, I saw there was a pause and yeah. it was a fence So he went, Well, he went down and then got back up again. And he wasn't moving properly. You could see he wasn't moving properly. And I did worry for him then. Because often, especially with younger fences, you, you kind of think sometimes you have to throw the towel in for the protection of their careers. Yeah. You know, don't make a bad injury or an injury worse or a little injury really bad and then you're out for months. But he got up and he fenced, and then he went down again. The writing was on the wall, really, yeah, and I could see the doctor came out, and <sighs> felt really sorry for him because you could see he was upset. Yeah, and he wanted to fence. He come all the way from India for crying out loud! Of course, he wanted to fence, uh, but um, it didn't look good. Um, uh, he got up. He did uh, fence on. He went into the break eight five down, and then he scored three hits from there on in. And it's a difficult one because Sam Bourne, in some respects, I think was, you know, if you're being really ultimately ruthless in that situation, your opponent is injured and can't move. Yeah. It's a fight. So make a move. Yeah. Run him up and down. And he didn't. And I think that there's, you know, you one, one part of me goes, well, what a lovely guy. What mm-hmm. a nice lad for not, you know, making yeah. a bad situation worse for the Indian chap. But the other side of me says, you know, this is a bloomin' fight. Go and, 
go and yeah, win it. Be ruthless. I mean, yeah. perhaps he felt in control of things, and was, it was clear that there was there was no risks to him, and it wasn't going to make an, a, an, an existing injury worse. He yeah. perhaps felt that that was that was okay to do. Yeah, and and, and it worked out ultimately because yeah. he won fifteen nine. And I think I said in the commentary, what was good to see from Sam was that he started to use a bit of variety. It was all it all happened in the middle. Mm. So good on him, generosity of spirit. Don't don't make your opponent move. So he kept it all in the middle, but he started very what he was doing off the line. So he was still in effect thinking about the final and saying, yeah. "I still need to train. I need I need to sort of keep, keep practicing yeah, what I'm like about to do." Exercise. Yeah, and yeah. so he and he he landed a couple of really nice attacks off the line. He stepped in and created a bit of a distance trap, which was obviously made easier by the fact that basically Shindy couldn't change direction quickly. Yeah. The front ankle was gone. Um, so it was a difficult one to watch, uh, but Sam showed some variety in a difficult situation, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, do you see the score? Yeah, the score was close when the injury happened. It was, uh, it was 7-4 when he went down for the injury break. Right. And then he went into the break, uh, the proper break, 8-5, yeah, and then right. lost 15-8. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's not. It's not what you want to see from a semi-final. You know, no. Both guys fitting well and going for it. And a young athlete who's travelled all this way. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. On there. It's hard, but but it's sport. Yeah, it is. It does. It does happen. My semi-final watching duties. I had Julian Richards the second of England uh, against teammate uh, Luke Haynes, and uh, this, this is a pretty good fight actually. Uh, hit for hit up to about six all, and then Richards. Got a couple, couple clear. Got to eat six, which um, was the biggest gap there'd been between them up, up to that point. And then he stretched that lead out to a three hit gap with a, you know, with a stop hit to head. Big, big guy um, fencing against the, the much shorter Luke Keynes and you know, a big long reach tap in the head. Disappears out of this, and it felt, it felt like a decisive hit. One that you know, I can imagine the other fencer must have felt. Crestfallen to have yeah. a stock cut to their head. That's, it's, it's a big reach, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it did feel one that it was a, a game changer. It felt like that. that it kind of ensured that Richards had, had seized control of the fight mm. and, and he, he pretty much kept that gap right, right through to the finish. Uh, I was impressed with Richard Fencing. Really sharp acceleration in the attack, so um, picking up the right away in the middle of the piece, uh, but also prepared to take some really nice cart report. It was super sharp cart report, mm. and he, he hit with a, you know, a good balance of the two, so there was you know, a decent bit of variety in there, and I, I liked that a lot. So, yeah, um, I, hadn't seen, I, I hadn't seen much of Richards until the final, actually, to be honest with you. Mm. To, be, to be perfectly fair, I hadn't seen much of Sam Bourne because we don't, I don't travel on the, the cadet and junior circuit, so you don't see them your the home nation or the home yeah. country athletes as much as perhaps we'd like to. But um, I, was, I, I was, having seen Sam Bourne fencing, I was mm. interested to see what he was going to do in the final. And then when you came and said what happened in the semi-final you were watching, I was like, oh, this could be uh, yeah. tasty. Yeah, yeah. And it was. I mean, it was a, a really good final. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, I mean, no... No pretense of being any sort of expert in sabre, but uh, that makes those, two of us. Those, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're looking for uh, informed sabre comment, you may, you may have joined the wrong podcast. Although I'm not sure there's a whole lot of alternatives. Is the only thing that I would say. Um, but competition is not not started. It's very sparse. It's not it? really. I mean, that's that's a relief to be honest. But uh, I really enjoyed the final. It had, had plenty of variety from both sides. Um, again, the sort of dominant feature that seemed to uh, the kind of clincher was uh, Richard's cart repost. It was super, super sharp. The cart repost was great. But actually, I think and the other thing that caught my eye, and perhaps 
and I've had the benefit of uh, sitting with real sabre experts when I'm commentating for the FIE and you know it's a little bit a very little bit has rubbed off the the difference in the variety of steps off the line on, mm. from on guard I think that that for me was along with the beautiful power of post which is you know yeah. it's one of those that's the kind of end result of the of that sort of the initial making that decision yeah, yeah making that decision do I go two, two fast steps in and there's a decision to make in those two steps or I'm going to go all out for the attack it is the variety that he put that Richard's put in that impressed me uh, and then you know it's that classic it's like Aaron Zalagi and you know mm-hmm. it's it's difficult when you name a, a double Olympic champion like Zalagi in the same breath as Julian Richards II. But what I mean is, Zilagi's got this unbelievably late parry riposte. Yeah, it and looks... A fencing thing of beauty. Incredible. Yeah. And Julian Richards, uh, whilst at the moment it's just the cart riposte, when he lands it, my goodness me, it is something to behold. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was, it was a... Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's becoming a thing, and I'm, I'm starting to worry that I, I see it... Uh, too often already, and here we are, only day two. A really impressive performance, you know, one where you come away from, come away from it, not just thinking, well, you know, well done them, but you come away going, that was, that was really great, With good sport, yeah, great sport, and yeah, yeah it's the, it is, it is the quality of the coaching and the quality of the support staff these athletes have around them that's allowing them to develop, uh, you know, and the individuals are, are absorbing it and taking it on. Yeah. You know, you know, you've done a number of interviews with with athletes, and they all sound. Like you could just transform them into the senior circuit, and the athletes would say the same thing. Yeah, certainly, certainly with um, quite a lot of the ones that uh, uh, that I've spoken to today, when they talk about their their training and their thought processes, all you need to do is change their accents a little bit, and it could be an interview with almost any world class fencer. So it's that kind of mental process and how they approach the <laughs> yeah. sport, yeah. which is so much more professional and mature than. Than I, perhaps I was expecting. Yeah, and you just the fact that you're using the phrase thought process. You know, <laughs> if someone had asked me what my thought process was when I was a cadet, uh, even, you know, when I was competing for Great Britain on the international circuit, I would have gone, do what now? Uh, t- yeah. Well, how do you, what do you do when you come to If you had work? a thought process, it's probably something you can't share. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is that. But it's, you know, you didn't, it wasn't even in the vocabulary because it wasn't in the vocabulary. We, we, the question was, how much do you train? You know, and mm. how did you get here? Yeah. When did you arrive? Not, you know, well, I'm, I'm going into this looking, you know, some of these athletes are going, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get the best result that I can, you know, on how I'm fencing today. I mean, what? You know, I fenced terribly today. I'm very angry, is what I used to say (laughs) a lot. And so the fact that they are thinking at a much higher level, Mm. I think almost frees up the the train. They're all training loads and smarter. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, but the the mental maturity is, yeah, you could easily think it was a senior athlete when you're talking to them. Yeah. And a good example of that is, um, an interview that I did today, I spoke to, one of the fencers that we, we talked about uh, a good bit yesterday, although, of course, sadly, none of you will hear what we said, although, yeah, <laughs> listen back in the commentary, uh, was um, Eleanor Taylor, who yeah. won the Cadet Women's Epi yesterday. Uh, I was really impressed with her fencing yeah. and uh, caught up with her today. And here's what she had to say. Eleanor, welcome to the podcast and congratulations on your result yesterday. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. So this is your first Cadet and Junior Commonwealth and how are you finding the experience of a, an event like this? Um, it's quite different because I haven't normally got this far in a big competition but I've been to the World Championships and the European Championships before so it's not 
it's not a new experience in that sense. Yeah, so you've got some, some experience of being at a, at a championships and, you know, being, it runs for a long time and it's a different sort of feel to it from a regular competition. Yeah, definitely. Just the length of hours you have to do, the amount and the difference in skill level of every other fence is a lot different from just your average domestic competition in England. So, was doing the commentary for for your semi-finals and uh, for the final yesterday. Thoroughly impressed with how you fenced. Thought you handled things really well and great technique, fine tactical awareness. Talk me through your day. Uh, the day it started off good. It was a bit nerve-wracking at the start in the first two pool fights, but then it's kind of like I just felt calm through the whole day, which is a lot different to how I felt. So it was a it was a different feeling I had for this competition. Then it was went well, my timing for my movements were good and just going into the final I was, I was calm because I regularly see and fence my opponent, Maya. So it was I had a clear game plan, it was just it's just about executing it to how I want it and that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was a convincing one, really impressive. Um Teams tomorrow, uh, feeling feeling confident in the, the England squad for the Cadet Women's Epi team? Yes, um, I think the team as a whole for individuals did very well yesterday. So feeling confident for the teams, hopefully it would be another good result. But it's just the match by match at the end is not... I find it's best not to look at the outcome and just to focus on the process and the fight you have in front of you rather than looking be like oh I could get there it's just about you've got to focus get the game plan for the person you're going to fence next yeah absolutely right yeah it's a, it's a very mature answer and um, one other thing I, I, I wanted to, to ask you about um, I, I will confess I'm, I'm not a, a close follower of, uh, of cadet women's epi um, so I don't know a whole lot about you so um, tell us a little about about where you train and what your, what your training looks like so I train at the Leon Pool Centre down in London and my training it consists of three nights a week, sometimes four. But it's quite so yeah, it's quite hard to balance it with school life as well, but it definitely helps a lot with me with my tactical knowledge and my technique with it because with my new coach, it's more on the timings and the distance and improving those, and I definitely felt that with the competition yesterday because just the, seeing the timings more clearly than I have in other competitions has definitely helped a lot with some of my fights. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much indeed for, for taking the time to uh, to talk to me today. really enjoyed speaking to you, and, um, well, kind of good luck for tomorrow, apart from, you know, maybe when you're fencing Scotland, of course. Thank you, but I think Scotland is going to have to watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Bold words. Thanks very much, Eleanor. I think that sort of perfectly describes the 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 approach and the attitude that you were you were describing there. The fact that she talks about focusing on the the process rather than the result. That's you know from a from a a young fencer, it's obviously absolutely the right thing. But uh, to be able to be to be able to say. That that is my focus. That's my that's my thinking on the piece. Yeah, that is, you know the the, the measured the measured uh, 
answers. I think you should actually sell yourself out as a bit of a media trainer as well, because clearly at the beginning she was a little bit nervous and you sort of coaxed her into it. And it's, yeah. it's part of the process of becoming an athlete now. You do have to have your uh, social media sorted out. You do need to be able to answer interview questions. And as she relaxed, she really did. You know, she sounded like an athlete, but a really nice way to finish it as well. That little bit of, she, clearly she's got a little bit of uh, mischievous in her, a little yeah, bit of banter. Good, good to see her waking me up at the end of the interview, brief girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, you uh, know, she was lovely. I really enjoyed speaking to her. Yeah, she sounded yeah. great. She sounded really good and, and very, uh, very good for uh, other younger fencers coming up to listen to what she's talking about because she's not that much older than you. Yeah. And uh, she's um, she's really a uh, smart girl and she seems to uh, have her head... Uh, you know, in the right place. She's not. She wasn't overstressed. She wasn't. And to and to be honest with you, you know, winning winning any medal at this level is pretty good. And she, she didn't necessarily sound overly elated that she'd got. Uh, you know, um, yeah. Again, it was that well thing of um, you get the result out of the process, and the process was good, so I won. Yeah. Simple, huh? Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Yep, yeah, was indeed. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps up in terms of describing the action today. Um, Oh, one thing, one thing. We did yes. mention, we did say earlier on about the, how the Indian supporters are uh, amazing. We, we talked about it in the commentary, but go back and have a listen to the second uh, final gold medal match mm-hmm. and the rowdiness. Oh, <laughs> in yes. a nice way, the yeah. rowdiness and the and the sort of pure joy. I think you described it as yes. the Indian crowd brought to that uh, to that match, and then it just whilst the fencing was brilliant for the men's saber. <laughs> Where normally you expect a ton of noise. Polite yeah, clapping, it was very polite, two yeah. English fences going up against the other. That's why. But the contrast in the soundscape, yeah, it, I, I, you know, it, it was it was fascinating and, and another sort of mini highlight of the day for me. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it felt a bit harsh. I mean, we did point it out in the when we were doing the commentary, uh, which seemed a bit of a raw deal actually to get, to give the men surprise. We produced that you know a thoroughly entertaining, high quality yeah. final, yeah. but um, in in comparison to the 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 noise and sort of relative chaos of the yeah. of the men's epi final with the with the Indian winner, it was very very quiet yeah. indeed. It was, it was really it was really a really fascinating thing, you know, uh, sort of outside of the fencing that happened though that just stuck in my mind. Yep. No, yeah, yeah, it, it was a good one. So um, more to come. Our, our situation for recording the next couple of days is going to be a little bit different because I'm I'm heading back home for a couple of days before returning for the last. Four. So, Part-timer. Part-timer. Yeah, I know. I'm a shabby lightweight. And uh, yeah, sorry about that. But, uh, you know, I've got a real job. <laughs> oh, I've got a real job. Yeah, I don't have to work for it. Oh, <laughs> I just have to yeah. talk. I see. When, right. I think, when I think about that, it sounds much better. <laughs> I've been kidding myself all these years. Um, so, so we'll see what the, the podcast looks like over the next couple of days. Uh, you can find us hopefully every day um, on the competition website, which is Kareem. Oh, yeah, I knew you were going to do it. The competition <laughs> website is cjcfc2018.com forward slash podcast. Thank you very much. I did make a terrible mess of uh, describing the, the website address uh, during the live commentary where, I don't know, my brain just froze. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, you can also find us um, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcast normally. So thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Kareem, for... Thanks, mate. Really uh, good fun, as always. Let's, let's hope that this is... This has been saved and records great and it's going to go out. Um, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Have a good day's commentary. Don't find anybody too good to replace me for a couple of days. Uh, referees, don't worry, you're safe. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, they'll be, uh, they'll be highly knowledgeable. 
<laughs> Lots of data. <laughs> exactly. They'll have their spreadsheets with them. I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> you, you be sure to volunteer for comedy tomorrow than you appreciate. Okay, thanks very much. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye.